Okily dokily, let's put on our game faces. Game on! Woo! This is Bronco Nation, a Midwest communications podcast. Here's your hosts, Jordan Lass and Jim Lawless. Man, we are just rolling along episode three already. What? Yeah. Wow. I know. Um, what a win last weekend. Wow. Yeah. Broncos were favored by three. They won by 20. Yeah. And San Jose State put up the three. So there you go. And what was like 150 yards of offense? Oh, man. It it wasn't uh, much. One, 119 is wow. all that the Bronco defense, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, yeah, it was a big win. Caleb Ellaby, uh, two touchdown passes. Um, Jalen Hall for 22 yards and Corey Crooms for 37. Oh. So. He's got his he's got his uh, arm going now. He does, and he's found a couple of his favorite receivers. So there you go. Yeah, one uh, three hundred forty-seven yards of offense for Western Michigan, one nineteen for the Spartans, and that's San Jose State, not Michigan State. By the way, just <laughs> clarifying. Um, Ralph Holly had two and a half sacks. Uh, I Ali Fayad two sacks, three quarterback hurries, and he forced a fumble. So. Yeah, that defense is just roaring right now, it, um, and it needs to be. They 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 need to play with their hair on fire. They do, and that's Lou's little thing. It is, um, and it kind of started with Illinois State, um, and then you know the defense played well against Pittsburgh. They may have let up like forty one points, but you know they still won the game. Right, put the offense in a position to win the game. Um, but yeah, I mean. A lot of people would say, especially me, like that was a classic letdown trap game type situation. You know, you come off the big high emotional win at Pittsburgh, you know, power five victory, first of uh, Lester's coaching career here at uh, WMU. So it was just good to see him come out and, you know, not mess around and do things the way that it needed to be done. That's right. And you had the letdown instead. So there. Mm. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got a full slate of uh, Mac games. There's still a couple teams that are still playing non conference. But for the most part, um, like those are like Toledo, they and Ball State have already played. Uh, a couple of other um, conference matchups have already taken off. But right now, we're flying. Yeah. We're in the MAC now, guys. Yeah, we got a lot to cover. Um, we'll get to the, um, you know, the full uh, slate uh, outside of the MAC. We'll take a look at Michigan, Michigan State. Lots on the docket today. Um, but yeah, we got to start with uh, the game this week. They are in Buffalo. Uh, they're going to be playing at noon this uh, Saturday, and uh, we had talked about it. I think last week. Uh, Buffalo's always a tough out. Oh, they are. They are. Um, in fact, this is pretty cool. On the ESPN app, um, you go into the uh, game you're looking at, looking yeah. ahead at, and there's a matchup predictor. And the Broncos are favored 51.6% to 48.4. Okay. Which doesn't really... <laughs> I don't know where they get that from. Yeah, who knows? Um, but but if, you, if you want some, uh, if you want some season stats so far, Ellaby's uh, seventy-six of one twenty for nine hundred two yards and seven touchdowns. Um, the uh, quarterback for Buffalo, um, which I am need to look him, Kyle Van Treese. There we go. Uh, Seven hundred ninety-two yards, two touchdowns, one interception, a sixty-five four quarterback 
rating, which puts him pretty much 47th in Division One. So, yeah. So, you, you, we, we know what we're looking at. Um, rushing, um, Kyle Marks Jr. is the big threat, 254 yards and 67 carries. Um, as we look, um, Quion, Quion, that'll be a good one. That'll be a good one for Robinson. Yeah, that'll be fun. Quion, I'm Quion, Quion, Williams. <laughs> oh, he's a uh, Buffalo's big wide receiver, 346 yards and a touchdown so far this season. And the spread, just in case you want to know, the Broncos are favored by just under a touch, 6.5. Oh, wow. So, that's more than the San Diego or San Jose spread, which surprises that, that me. That is true, but but the Bulls and we're playing in their in their building. Don't trust them no. at all. No, it's um, like the Tigers with the Royals. Yeah, right. Or tonight, or man. the Twins. Now the Tigers. Yeah, we'll we'll, th- we'll talk about them later. <laughs> but but I I must I'm going to go with the Broncos. It, it's going to look good. I'm going to call it a 14 point win and and there. Yeah, I say at least two touchdowns. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Buffalo sitting at two and two. Uh, we're sitting at three and one, shaping up to be a really good season. Uh, my eyes are on the next week. Um, Ball State. That's going to be a oh, good yeah. game. That 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 could determine the West. They Very. did. They did announce that game is going to be a three thirty game at Waldo. Right. And that's when we're going to debut uh, the one hundred six five Jack FM and the Hits ninety six five uh, Western Michigan tailgates. Oh, perfect. Right in time for uh, Mac football. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be by the main entrance. So if you see us, uh, say hi. We're going to have a really cool and uh, interactive way for you to win some prizes. So watch out for that. And we'll, um, and we'll pump that up next week. So oh yeah. next week's podcast, a little more information. Yeah, so. there's going to be a lot for you. So make right. sure. Um, you get the word out, spread uh, spread the word. So, Well, I'll tell you what, let's whip through the rest of the MAC schedule real quick. Toledo is at UMass. It's Rockets. End of story. Yeah, that's Rockets. Not even, not even discussing it. No. Eastern Michigan, 3-1 and one against 2-2 uh, two and two Northern Illinois. I'm trying to figure out those Huskies because the last couple of years they weren't quite up to speed. This year they're, they're kind of surprising. And here's the shocker. The Huskies are favored by 2.5. I'm going with the Eagles. So am I. Well, we'll both go Eastern then. There you okay. go. All right. Yeah. Uh, the team up north is at Miami of Ohio. Ooh, what's who's favored in that? <laughs> Red Hawks by one. So it's pretty much a toss up <sighs> right then and there. Um, Let's go Miami. I'll, for the sake of for the sake of the chips falling flat on their faces, I'll go with you too. Okay. On that. You want you want my uh I'll take Miami as well. So okay. There we go. Okay. Okay, uh Ohio winless against one win Akron. Let's let's just say Bobcats gets their first win this weekend. Bobcats? I'll go with that too, especially with the nine and a half spread that the Bobcats get. So hey, Oh wow. Uh-huh. Jeez. Surprise. Bowling Green, two and two is at one and three Kent State. Um that's a three thirty kick. Um Gimme Falcons. I would too with 16 and a half. But yeah. then again, what did Bowling Green do to Minnesota last week? They won. They did. In Minnesota's yard. They did. PJ Fleck was not happy. That was not good for PJ. That was not good for PJ. Uh-huh. He, he, he's, he's now thinking, I shouldn't have left Waldo. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Not going to lie to you. Now, here's 
Here's where we're going to get a good judge of Ball State. Now, mind you, Ball State's one and three on the season, but they had a tough non-conference. They had, they did. It's still tough because they're playing a non-conference against undefeated Army. Wow. But it will be in Muncie, Indiana. That's going to help. And Army's favored by seven and a half. You know, my brother worked at Ball State, still does some stuff with them. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to uh, say they pull up the upset, get their season on track. My son serves in the Army, so guess where I'm going? Army. Winner. <laughs> Chicken dinner. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that that is the slate uh, for the MAC this week. Uh, looking at the top 25, uh, we don't go over all the games, just right. looking for the big matchups. I was disappointed by Wisconsin. They did not beat Notre Dame over the weekend. They can redeem themselves in my book. Uh this weekend by taking on 14 Michigan in Madison. That is a noon start. Oh, this will show us how good Harbaugh's team is this year. This will, this will, this will be the one that, that sets it up for the rest of the season. Yeah, this is. He's got to win this game. And I have, a, I have a feeling the Badgers are going to take care of business. I think so, too. We're, we're in lockstep What's there. the spread? I don't have that in front of me. Uh, Michigan and Wisconsin spread. Let's see here. Michigan minus one, total 43 and a half. Whoa. Oh, it's going to be low scoring for sure. Well, I, I have the, the over-under I'm, I'm not woeing on. I'm woeing on the fact that Michigan's uh, favored a by very, one. very slight favorite. Yeah. Um, We got two Friday games this week. Oh, uh, number five, Iowa, my Hawkeyes. Uh, they are in Maryland taking on the Terrapins 8 o'clock on Friday. And then 9 o'clock, uh, number 13, BYU, going to be taking on the Aggies of Utah State um, up in, is that Logan? I think so. Yeah, I think it's Logan. I think so. So I would go Hawkeyes, BYU there. Yep, uh, this I'm is a good you. game. One of the ones I got you on last Saturday, Arkansas, who pulled up the upset. Arkansas. They are now eighth. That is shocking to see. And they are taking on the second-rated uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Arkansas. Arkansas. Arca- Actually, Arkansas used to be in the top 20. All the time. All the time. I know. And then they, oh, life. Who was that? <laughs> Remember, who was the coach? Oh my gosh! Oh. Remember the guy, uh, Darren McFadden was there. Oh, you're making me think. I can't remember the guy's name, but I yeah, can't. they used to be they used to be fairly decent. Um, man, this is tough. It's at Georgia. Oh man, like I want Arkansas to win. I just I don't know if I see a pathway. Bulldogs. Yeah, Bulldogs. Another good game. Um, number five. Or uh, number seven, rather, the Bearcats of Cincinnati taking on number nine, Notre Dame, the team down south. Go Bearcats. Yeah, go Bearcats. Only because, I, only because I still despise the team down south. Who's the coach at Cincinnati? Oh. They tried well, to Brian get him to, Kelly used to be at Cincinnati. Yeah, they tried to get him at State. Hey. Cincinnati, hold on. But I'm kind. I'm kind of thinking it worked out for them to get uh, Mel Tucker, Luke Fickle. Oh, okay. Yep. I remember uh, they went after him hard and fast. But we're gonna both go Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, Louisville taking on 24 Wake Forest. That could 
honestly go either way. Right. Uh, number 16, Coastal, taking on L.A. Monroe. That's Louisiana, not California. Um, the Buckeyes taking on Rutgers, who actually gave Michigan a run for their money last week. Now, this could, if you want to compare apples to oranges, this could show you what Ohio State-Michigan will look like later in the year. It could. It could. I said could. I said could. Yeah, because you and I both know sometimes it, it doesn't end up that oh, way. Of course And Michigan not. always oh, looks like Michigan. Oh, oh, of course not. And then footballs bounce uh, off a 66-yard kick off the goalpost. <laughs> and then too, you yeah, know, we'll get that to that later. Happens. Yeah, uh, That's why we, <laughs> that's why we to, hold our breath on these things. I've been dreading that, but <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Um, uh, number six, Oklahoma on the road taking on Kansas State. Oh, Another I, good game, okay, Mississippi sitting at 12 on the road taking on Alabama. I mean, Bama's going to win, but it's good to see – SEC teams, the ones that you're not used to being up there, up there. Right. Um, Oregon taking on Stanford. Stanford unrated. Uh, 23, NC State taking on Louisiana Tech. Number 10, Florida on the road taking on Kentucky. Number 15, Texas A&M at home taking on Mississippi State. Uh, 21-19 battle. Baylor taking on Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Man. Who do I go with that one, Baylor or Oklahoma State? I'm going to say Baylor. I'll go Cowboys. All right. Uh, Indiana on the road taking on number four, Penn State. Oh, Nittany Lions all day long, but don't underestimate the former basketball school. Just saying. Well, <laughs> well they're like know. Indiana basketball is like Michigan football. They haven't done anything in like four decades. Um, <laughs> so. So, this is bizarre. Clemson sitting at 25. Clemson. They keep them in the top 25. They should have fallen right off. The Tigers are not the Tigers that we've known over the last few years. Do you think Do you think they're on a decline, or do you think it'll just take a year or two? It, and it, it, you see, and, and that's something I can't really call. I'm... I just don't think it's going to be the Tigers' year. They may, and they may, God, but I don't know. You look at where they play. Look who they play. Nobody. Well, they will eventually. Yeah, but the ACC, not very good. Well. Uh, Michigan State taking on Western Kentucky. <laughs> a lot of people putting State on upset alert. Um. I guess Western Kentucky had a couple of close games with uh, some higher-rated teams. Now, right, this 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 will show us again how good State is, and I'll stay with State. Yep. Uh, LSU unrated taking on Auburn at home. They are sitting at 22. Uh, UCLA, 20. The Bruins at home taking on Arizona State. And the last game is going to be uh, number 18, Fresno State, the Bulldogs, uh, flying out to Hawaii, taking on the, uh, I don't remember, is it the Rainbow Seekers or something uh, like that? I think so. Something like that, I don't I remember. So. But I'll go Fresno State. Um, a lot of good games this week, really are. So, um, do we um, do we want to talk about what transpired on Sunday or? Okay. Like I like I told you 
couple of days before, and I'll repeat it. I was sitting at home watching the end of the game after I got back from Niles. And I saw the kick. I saw it hit the crossbar. I saw it go through. I hardly made any reaction whatsoever. It's just like, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I, you know, well. Yeah. You know, I I kind of like same with you. I was watching, and the third down, they they almost sack Lamar, and then he got got him to throw it away. And I'm like, wow, they may they're gonna win this game. And then it was fourth and nineteen, and there was a man left wide open, and they converted it. And I was literally by myself downstairs, and as as soon as the receiver caught the ball, I was like, they're gonna lose this game. And sure enough, especially with the no call. On delay of game. Now, but before I go there, I saw a couple of decent arguments out on out on uh, the internet to where CBS's clock could have been behind. Well, and that's what I was ahead. That's what I was trying to explain to some people. They're like, "Well, didn't you see the clock run out?" And I was like, "Yeah, I saw it on television, but broadcasts have issues sometimes." Did, did it match up? That was just from it. what I heard. It was about a second and a half. And Dan Campbell was expecting an apology from the league and the refs and everything else. And we um, haven't heard anything yet. So No. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm tired of the fans that always give the Lions an excuse. Right. It's always something. It's this or that or whatever. Call a spade a spade. They screwed up. They screwed up. But they should have also- went for a touchdown to win the game. Right. There, there was a lot of things that they did wrong. And people want to blame the refs. And it's like, well... No, because if you convert a fourth or you stop them on fourth and 19, we're not having this conversation. Fourth and 19, you have them back against the wall and you couldn't stop them. You deserve to lose. But for the, for the, for the other um, 59 minutes, 30 seconds, Lions almost pulled the upset. They, did. they actually played their best game. They did. And I think this is just a start. To oh, I think so you. too. Um, yeah, the Lions will not go 0-17. They will not go 1-16. Um, they may pull out an 8-9 year out of all of this. They're going to have to work to do it, obviously. But they're starting to show that this team can, can you know, especially the defense, can stay with the big boys. They stayed with Baltimore. Yeah. And and the Ravens have had the top offense in the in the NFL, so if you take that and plus and plus the Ravens break it up with with a good run pass um, variety. Yes, so it's good to see them hold them down on both those fronts. Yeah, but the mistakes. Yeah, we got to clean those up. Yeah, and that and that just kind of shows you, um, you know what a young and growing team kind of goes through. Right, right. You're gonna have these growing pains where. Mistakes and things are made, but we get past them. Um, you know, I think Penny Sewell's been looking really good at left tackle. I, I really hope they don't move him back. Yeah, this to right is the tackle. week. No, this is the third week you've been pleading in so far. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs> um, who are they taking on this week? I don't even uh, know. I did not Let's even. See. Well, I can tell you in a second as I look at the calendar because, of course. All Detroit Lions games are on 590 and 1069 WKZO, our sister station. 
in fact. They're taking um, on the beers at 1 o'clock. Oh, the bears, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Here could be win number one, my friends. Very easily. Uh, I see an article from Deadspin. Famous kneecapping, kneecap biting lions are tired of getting kicked in the butt with 60 yard field goals. <laughs> that go off the crossbar. Dude, I had literally, I literally turned the game on, had saw that they had them like, you know, third down and long and whatever. And I literally typed up on my status <laughs> on Facebook. Oh, they finally got the full kneecap, and then I had to delete it. Couldn't even post it. Maybe that's where I did them in. Shouldn't I should have waited? They got to watch their own kneecaps. They really do. Right. Um, well, yeah, clean up the yeah, clean up the penalties, clean up yeah. the stupid play. You know, it's partially on Campbell, but it's also partially on the on on the team that's on the field. Yes, you can't throw the coach on you know under the bus by himself. No, this time around. No. You got to throw 11, 11 other people with them. Yeah. Depending on who's on what side of the ball. So, yeah, I think, I don't know. Too many, uh, too many uh, false starts that I saw from the offense. Yep. Or, well, I heard most of them. <laughs> A lot of miscommunications. Them, um, I mean, hell, that, that false start against Darren Fells. They were going to go for it on fourth down, and then it was fourth and six. Mm-hmm. Went from fourth and one to fourth and... And they kicked a field goal and instead. And kicked a field goal. But you, do you also... Do, okay, well, look at look at it this way. They took... They at least got three out of it. Do they you did. Do you not do anything No, you kick all? a field goal, of course. You know, or, or fourth and six, if you fail, you're done. Well, and realistically, I mean, Justin Tucker, in his standards basically missed a chip shot early in that game. Um, so they were even lucky enough to be where they were. Right. So I don't, I, I'm not going to, a lot of people want to get all bent out of shape and the SOL stuff. And it's just yeah. like, I don't think you clearly understand football. If you're yelling that. Okay. The lions are all in three. They should have been one and two. And this game actually does give when you, when you get past everything and look at the nitty gritty, this this team's going to grow. They are, and it may take a couple of years till it's really competitive. But <laughs> yeah, uh, two number one picks next year, two number one picks the year after that. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> so lots of good building to come for them. Right. Um, we'll see how they do against the Bears and uh, Justin Fields. Um, yeah, we're getting ready. Let's, for... let's see how that Ohio State quarterback does. Huh? <laughs> uh, I saw you had posted the standings for hockey. Well, that's the uh, that's the uh, top ten uh, preseason USCHO. Yes, and I um, saw what WMU was just out of the top twenty there. I believe so. I, I, did, I didn't look at the entire. Top I believe 20. they were fourth out. Michigan Tech was third out, and then there was two other ones. But yeah, they're close. Um, there's a lot of Michigan representation on that list. So. Right, right. Um, you know, Bronco Hockey, I, 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 we have the schedule here, and we're getting everything together. First game's next Friday, not this Friday, next Friday night. Literally. I kid you not. It's that close. And, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> they... Let's see how let's see how the non-conference goes. Uh, 
actually conference games will pop up in uh, November, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, we're going to the GLI this year, Great Lakes Invitational. We're back yeah. there again. So we'll have to see. And we get Michigan. That means we get Michigan, Michigan State. Mm, fun. And it's fun to beat up on those guys. The yes, old CCHA. Um... Was there anything you wanted to go over before you head out? Not really. Um, we just have a lot of stuff coming up. Next week will be full of uh, be full of info. Again, the uh, the first um, Jack FM hits tailgate. Yep. Um, Ball State to talk that up. We of course we want to see how this week goes before uh, we do any um, bold predictions. But yeah. to have the Cardinals knock down a rung right there helps us out. Yeah, and having them take down you know somebody like Army who's sitting at four and zero and everything, it much more intrigue for the game. Right, right. With a team that's two and three versus one that's one and four. Now, if anybody wants to do some scouting, um, the Ball State <laughs> Army game is at five. Yes. This Saturday on ESPN Plus. Yep. And so, our game's at noon. Right. So you got plenty of time in between there to mm-hmm. go get your extra beer and stuff and then oh, come yeah, back. Or, yeah, or go, or go, go have a beer after yeah. and before. Yeah. That's know. true. Yeah. Maybe you can find maybe you can find a place where uh where they air ESPN plus. There are a couple of uh couple of bars that that'll air that'll air the streams. So Okay. I might have to find that. I think Sporties and Paw Paw will. Okay. So. I think I'm going to be out towards the lakeshore anyway, so maybe I'll stop hey, by there. there you go. Say hi yeah. to Tommy for me. I'll do that. DJ Wax. <laughs> the, for, the former DJ Wax. <laughs> uh, well, we got a couple of uh, player interviews on the way. Um, Coach Lester still out with uh, COVID. That was another impressive part about the win last Saturday was, yeah. you know, coming off that big emotional victory, Power 5, whatever, um, you know, not having your coach there, that's got to be hard. So a good job on Lou and the boys. Yeah, um, and, and Coach Esposito is 1-0 and o as a head coach. He is. Put that down. Uh, it, it's right there, baby. <laughs> right in my mind. Right in my mind. So when if Lou and I have a beer later this year, I'm going to remind him about that. <laughs> that no matter how the rest of the season falls out, You're one and which it should coach. fall, it should sway in the Broncos' favor. But yeah, you're one and always a head coach. How you doing? <laughs> so yeah, uh, no one-on-one interview with him uh, this week. I'm disappointed, obviously, but um, he's got to get healthy and. Um, back on the field. So hopefully I'll be able to talk to him for the first time uh, ben, or Ball State week. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, right. yeah, like we've said numerous times now, um, you know, next week could be a big one. I can't believe I forgot to uh, mention our sponsors. Um, Zemlick, uh, for all of your office supply needs, uh, go to zemlick.com. They've got plenty of offers uh, daily specials, free offers. If you buy a certain amount of something, they'll give you something for free. Check them out, zemlick.com, uh, trusted local business here in Kalamazoo. Um, and, of course, when you listen to the games uh, with uh, Robin Hook and, of course, you know your studio host, Jim Lawless, and when they talk about our great sponsors, make sure you support them as well. Um, you know, Big sponsors of our uh, Western Michigan Broncos. 
Yes. So, um, yeah, we're going to get into those interviews. Like I said, no Coach Lester interview again this week, but instead we will bring you his press conference uh, from today, which is actually uh, Wednesday the 29th, depending on when you're going to be listening to this. So uh, until next week, Jim will uh, check in with you then. You'll hear from him on Saturday during the broadcast on Jack FM. What time does the pregame start, Jim? 11 o'clock. Game at 12. Um, You can listen... Obviously, on the radio, on the dial, 106.5. Uh, what's the website again? Uh, Jack1065.com. Also, if if I may, I, and I need to get into uh, my phone for this, because um, to, and uh, for for those of you guys who, uh, who are streaming us on your phone, um, a little bit of confusion on Jack apps, because there are a lot of Jack apps. There are. So I'm going to help you out right here, right now, my friends. Um, iOS for Apple, um, out of the App Store, it's Jack 106.5 WVFM, is how you get the Jack app for us. Um, in Google Play for Android, 106.5 Jack FM. So there you go. Uh, that's how you can find us. Yeah, and until next week, um, have a good one. Bye-bye. Time out. All right, Jim, making his way out. Jordan Last still with you. We've got to get to those uh, player interviews. We got two of those this week, and then uh, Coach Lester still out with COVID in the protocol, so he had another uh, Zoom press conference today. We'll get to that as well. And just a heads up, uh, the feed did cut out a couple of times, so there is like a couple of second pauses uh, in there, so just be mindful of that. But uh, yeah, let's get to those interviews. Again, Bronco Nation brought to you by Zemlick. For all of your office needs, go to zemlick.com. They've got uh, plenty of daily specials, a bunch of different offers on there. You know, if you buy something, a certain amount, they'll give you a, something else for free. Uh, so check them out, zemlick.com. Let's get into those interviews, though. <laughs> very consistent that's one of the main uh, successes of the offense this year uh, what do you attribute that to and how can you carry that into Mac play us as a team you you personally oh um just keep continue to keep doing my job being me uh, I'm not trying to be something that I'm not uh, keep taking coaching keep taking uh, getting better to keep competing in practice and uh, it'll, it'll slowly come um, seems like you have a pretty steady rotation at running back. What's that like, um, being able to rely on some of the others to spell you a little bit? Um, it's good um, knowing that we can, like for later on stretches, of the later on part of the season, especially when we get to bowl game, we'll be super fresh. And uh, we'd be super fresh going into the fourth. So that's, that's they kind of keep our dominance going. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, we feed off each other. So if somebody playing well, it pushes the next person to play well. So it, it's all a plus for us. Off to a great three and one start in non-conference play. What are you looking forward to most uh, heading into to conference play now? Um, just just keep building, uh, keep building, keep winning, keep getting better. Um, each game is, is an opportunity to get better, and that's that's something that I feel like we're searching to do, and continue to keep finding our identity. All right, so you filled the box score last game. Um, what went right for you, and what can you build off of your performance against San Jose? And kind of what was your mentality heading into the game Saturday? Uh, going in the game, I was basically just trying to do my 111th. Uh, I think I can improve on just my eye discipline with tackles and making sure I'm tracking hips and uh, just doing my 111th for the defense. 
Um, so the unit had eight sacks Saturday, it's the most in five years, um, second most in 20 years. Uh, can you talk about kind of the depth of the front eight and how you play as a group? Yeah, I mean, those guys get after the quarterback, but it's kind of just like the whole defense. Like I know Coach Espo talked about it. Like when the back end is locking things down, it makes it really easy for them to get after the quarterback. And when they get after the quarterback, it makes it really easy for the back end because they don't have to cover very long. But I mean, you get, you know, like our D line, they're great. Ali's great. Andre, Marshawn, Ralph, Fist, they're all, they're crazy. They're great. Um, so another um, talking point of the defense this year has been incredible on third down. Uh, is there anything specific you can attribute that to? Uh, what has been kind of your main focus as a unit this year, and why have you been so successful on, on third down? I think the first thing just like goes into kind of the off season. Like we made it a big point to finish drives. Like I felt like a lot of times we would get teams into third down, specifically like third and long, and we weren't able to get off the field and we just let drives get longer. But I think we've done a good job of like, if we have a big play on second down, no one's going crazy because, oh, we got a second sack on second down. Now it's third and 15. Everybody's, let's get the next play. And it's more so even like, they're still ready for to finish fourth down. Like Buffalo, they like to go for and for fourth down. So everyone's just ready to finish drives. Like no one's satisfied with third down. So. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so a successful non-conference season. It's in the past now. What are you looking forward to most, and how do you stay focused heading into the all-important conference play? Uh, for me, it's just taking, I think the whole team really just one game at a time. Like, there's no point in looking ahead to the MAC championship now. We got to win. We got to win out. That's the mindset everyone has. Like, we got to beat Buffalo this week and win out, but one game at a time. That's my mindset. I think that's the rest of the team's mindset. Jordan Last checking in with you for one final time on the Bronco Nation podcast. Uh, every week we start, uh, Jim Lawless and I, uh, we talk about the previous week's game. Uh, then we kind of go over the schedule for the Mac. We look at the entire NCAA schedule, uh, bring you those upsets or, you know, games that we think might be upsets along with uh, some bigger games. Of course, we'll take a look at Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, we'll talk Lions at the very end. Uh, then we get into, into those uh, player interviews. And then, of course, um, hopefully next week, I'll be able to have a one-on-one -on -one with Coach Lester. That is the plan. Uh, he still is out with COVID. He should be back in the next couple of days. So I should be with him next week. But uh, we'll get into his Zoom uh, press conference from today, Wednesday, uh, September 29th. Uh, I almost said September 29th, which I don't believe is a word. But anyways, let's get into his press conference. Uh, take it away, Coach Lester. Yeah, I'll... Uh... I'll start just by saying, obviously, it was a it was a different week uh, last week, and uh, you know, watched the game on Saturday. Uh, luckily, had had a live feed, and then had uh, had the TV version, so uh, it was fun to watch. I think the guys played well, played hard. Uh, a lot of things we can fix, but uh, you know, I thought thought they went out there and were physical and uh, did the things we need them to do, and uh, you know, find a way to get a win. So. Uh, so it was good. It was good to talk to the guys afterwards in the locker room. And uh, I've been Zooming with them all week, watch practice Tuesday and Wednesday live as well. And uh, I'm excited to get back to the office tomorrow morning. Uh, and we start MAC play. You know, we got a road MAC game against the defending MAC East champions and uh, a ton of guys that have played a lot of football at a very high level. And so it'll be a huge challenge. But I know our guys are excited. They've had two good days. And 
and now hopefully we'll get their uh, bodies right here in the next uh, couple of days and, and we'll, we'll fly out to Buffalo, you know? So, uh, so excited with where we're at, excited to get back and, uh, and be around and be able to help more hands-on instead of virtual. And, uh, and, and we're, we're excited for this opportunity. Question. I'm ready. I had a, I had a question about uh, just moving the team uh, out to Pittsburgh and then bringing them back from Pittsburgh and then having the game against San Jose. Now you're back one East again. Uh, I'm a, those, those are both plane rides, right? Yes, sir. They are. And, yeah. and of course, San Jose state would know better than anybody about the difficulty uh, causes when you're moving a team like that with so many moving parts. Can you comment about how that could be a problem or won't be a problem yeah it, it, it can definitely you know the jet lag part of them going to hawaii and then come play us i mean that that is uh i mean that is a tough thing to do just to wake your body up but uh you know we went to pittsburgh i mean the stories are and i mean nothing went right on that trip i mean from the moment we were getting on the plane and tsa decided not to show up and and where i had the whole team sitting in a uh in the hangar uh, that was hot as Hades with sweatsuits on for three hours trying to get on the plane. And we were an hour or two late. Thank God for our flight crew. They came off the plane to do TSA for us. I couldn't have thanked them enough, uh, but it was only a one man crew. So, so it took like three hours. Hookster was there in the, uh, with us in the heat. And uh, I always tell people like the warmups every year are interesting because Sometimes you get the ones that are really light that are going to be great in August and terrible in November. And sometimes you get the thicker ones that are going to be miserable in August and September and be awesome in November. Well, we have the thick kind. And uh, so our kids were in there sweating. So there's just a lot of distraction that can happen. You know, the key is that when we, when we get to the hotel, that we get right back into our rhythm of what we do, how we do it. Obviously, the guys handled that very well. We were going to go to Heinz Field on Friday, but we didn't get to. Uh, because of everything that was going on. So, uh, you know, just another chapter. I just got to tell the guys, it's just another chapter in the book, you know? And uh, and so, um, you know, it, it definitely can be a headache and we obviously are going to go on another flight and it's a longer flight. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. We, I think we have a mature team. I think that helps a lot when you have this many seniors, guys that have played a ton and everybody stayed calm and adjusted to the, to uh, the world as it changed around us uh, when we went to Pittsburgh. And um, and if that happens again, hopefully it's a smooth trip. But uh, if it's not, our guys are prepared and and they know it's a business trip. We're here to do a job and, and they're excited about the opportunity to do it. Hey, Tim, um, can you talk a little bit about how Saturday went, um, you know, watching the game uh, remotely? Well, I can tell you this. I, I got my watch, which is now out of juice because my charger's in the office. Um, and, and on an average day during COVID in my basement, I walk about 1,500 to 2,000 steps, which is not a lot because I'm virtually on the couch most of the day watching in meetings. Uh, Saturday, I had 12,000 steps uh, from one side of my basement to the other side of my basement. I can show it to you on my phone next time I see you. Uh so it was a great setup. We had a, I had a live feed, which was huge, so just a sideline wide view that I could I could keep up with what was going on because the uh, 
and it was a little bit ahead of the TV copy. So I'd get to watch it on my laptop first and then watch it on the um, on the TV copy when when it wasn't cutting in and out. So uh, and they got all that stuff fixed by the second half. So it was there's nothing I could do. I talked to I texted a bunch of guys in the morning, wishing them good luck. Talked to all the coaches in the in the morning. And then, uh, shoot, I didn't talk to them after till afterwards. You know, I was I had my game plan in front of me. Uh, so I knew what we were doing. I knew what a lot of the calls were. Um, you know, I had some opinions on some of the things I wanted to do offensively and make some changes, but I couldn't really relay those to, to uh, our guys because that that's against the rules. So uh, so I think that was the most frustrating part is I really do enjoy. Um, I think everybody enjoys the uh, adjustments you can make at halftime, you know, like when you're seeing things and putting our guys in, in good spots. And and I had some adjustments I wanted to make. Uh, that I couldn't. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of the conversation again and uh, be able to help at least offensively, uh, you know, make some adjustments because we always know uh, our plan will not outlast the enemy. They're going to have they're going to have adjustments and we have to be we have to adjust better than everybody else. You know, so, uh, you know, obviously uh, it was it was hopefully a one time thing and I don't have to get used to that. But uh, it was definitely. Uh, different different game day for me and but I was proud of the guys for hanging in there and controlling the clock controlling the ball being the physical being the more physical of the two teams that's why I told you guys like the ball's gonna move a direction every you know that pile at the line of scrimmage it moves and and I thought on both sides of the ball we won that and that was really difficult because their d-line was huge massive and uh we we're we we're physical and we control the clock I would like to score more. Uh, the offense knows that, and uh, we got to get back to work on that side of the ball. Yeah, the offense uh, definitely wasn't clicking like it had been earlier in the season. Um, what did you see, and uh, what are some things that have uh, been done to try to avoid a performance like that again? Well, I mean, anytime, anytime you you don't turn the ball over and you hold it for thirty seven minutes, you got a chance to win. You know, now now being able to to finish drives is a big deal, and. Uh, you know, so we, we have to do a better job of, uh, of, of making maybe we, we miss some reads, you know, uh, we miss some reads, we miss some protections. And, uh, and it seemed, uh, it seemed on Saturday to come at important times, you know, uh, it came on, oops, sorry. Uh, it came on, on a third down in the red zone a couple of times. Uh, and a lot of different coverages and they, they got Caleb a couple of times and, so we just need to be more efficient. We need to do a better job of preparing. We need a better job of them uh, making sure our offensive guys feel comfortable with what they're going to see. I thought Mike Caliendo did a phenomenal job of, of, of orchestrating the 10 different fronts we saw and getting us in a pretty good, I mean, you don't run the ball like we did without having a dude up front. That's pretty smart uh, against a front like that. And uh, you know, I thought we started the ball, started the game executing fairly well. And then later on, uh, I just think we we missed a couple throws and and uh, and we took a couple sacks we didn't need to take and um, so it's good it's a good it's great to learn when when you win you know and so Caleb Caleb has a lot to learn uh, from that game and uh, and so does the whole offense as a whole so uh, I love I love when there's a lot to get better at and and we're and we're talking about how we won because we controlled the line of scrimmage and and we didn't we took care of the ball which are the two things that have to have to happen if we're going to win especially a road map game, you know, that, that has to continue. But we also have to be more efficient in the passing game. And that's something that uh, 
that I pride myself on. I wasn't quite there to be a part of it, and I'm looking forward to getting back and being a part of it again. Coach, um, Buffalo, uh, new coaching staff, uh, Coach Leipold took uh, six players. I guess, or I don't want to say took six players, but six players left and went to Kansas. Um, they lost their, their running back, their stud running back to the uh, NFL. Um, but essentially, they're still much of the same team that won the MAC East uh, last year. Can you talk about the differences uh, between uh, this team and that team? Well, you know, if I, believe it or not, I didn't. I I didn't really watch them last year. Schematically, I don't really know the differences. We haven't played them since 2017, um, and I really didn't watch them last year. I know, I know they have a, a bunch of really good players. I mean, they're number 49. That defensive end they have is about as good as there is in our league. You know, they have a they have a pass rush specialist. Number six is really good too. They're two linebackers that played a ton of football and, and been in a MAC championship game. Uh, they can cover in the secondary, you know, offensive line wise. They lost a couple guys, but they're still big and can run the ball. Uh, they have three backs that are running the ball. I love their quarterback. I recruited him really hard at uh, at Purdue when I was the quarterback. Yeah, yes, I know him well, and uh, Bear was very impressed with him when I was the quarterback coach at, at Purdue, and and so I've always been interested in him. Uh, and he's he's obviously done a great job. And then that receiver that transferred from number three from. Uh, uh, Eastern Illinois, or sorry, Eastern Michigan. Uh, I mean, he's leading the league in receiving right now, you know? And, uh, so, so they, they throw it, they run it. Um, you know, I think they're, they're a little bit more balanced this year. Last year, just looking at the stats, they ran the ball more, but they're really balanced. Um, you know, their defense is still one of the best defenses in the league. So, uh, you know, like you said, there's a ton of good players that have had a ton of success and, uh, and, you know, coach, coach has got him playing. He's done a great job in, in a tough situation of getting those guys to come together and play hard together. And they have a lot of confidence in what they've done in the past. And, uh, and he's, he's you know, obviously trying to build on that. And that's, uh, that's kudos to him and his staff coming in at the time they have and playing a tough non-conference schedule and playing well. Thank you. Coach, uh, second week in the row in a row that um, you've had double-digit penalties after really not committing a ton the first two weeks. Um, what are some things that you think um, you know the team can work on to make sure they're not kind of shooting themselves in the foot or giving the team you know um, giving the opposition you know free yards? Yeah, some. I mean, the ones you could there's there's penalties that that you can control, and then there's ones you can't. You're playing man coverage. Uh, you know, we got to not be handsy there's some going to be some judgment calls on that one holding O-line wise. It all depends on the guys throwing the flags. If they want to throw them, you know, cause both times we've had a lot of penalties. They've thrown a lot of penalties on the other team. You know what I mean? It's both like the first game we were three and three and the second game was like three and five. And then it's been 11 and eight and 11 and 10 or something like that. So a lot of it comes down to the person officiating uh, the game. We have to stop jumping off sides, like little penalties, like the ones that we have total control over. Uh, you know, Caliendo had one, uh, Kidian had one, you know, the, the things that we can control, like, you know, offsides penalties is what we have to get fixed. And, and it's been, uh, the rest you just live with, you know what I mean? And you know, whether they're, they're going to call it, they're going to call it on, they're going to call both ways that I think the officials did a good job of being fair on both sides. You know, you don't know going into a game, if you're going to be in a game with three and three or 10 and 10, 
you know, you just have to, uh, you just hope it's even, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we've discussed that a lot with our offensive line. I think in the last two games, our offensive lines had way too many penalties, but they're a physical group, you know, and when you're a physical group, you're going to have that. And, uh, you know, the more man coverage you play, the more susceptible you are to, to some of those issues, you know, um, we, we played more zone we didn't have penalties, but guys were running wide open, you know? So it's, uh, so we are, we are constantly talking about it and constantly evaluating, uh, but the discipline of the pre-snap penalties has to go. We have to get rid of that. There haven't been a ton of those, but there's been enough in the last two games that, that we need, if we need, we've talked about, it, we've changed up our case a little bit and done some things to make it a little bit easier on those guys up front. Um, so we, we've, we've attacked the issue and, and we've, we've solved it. It's been, it's been better this week in practice. Can you give us an update on the injury status of uh, Deshaun Bustle and A.J. Thomas, who both missed last week? Yeah, so uh, and Bryson Garner missed uh, last week, too. So Bryson and A.J. are kind of day-to-day. You know, they've been moving around. They've been on the field. Uh, it's going to be uh, – we're going to see how they, you know, we're going to – Right now, I plan on traveling them. They've been running around, you know. Uh, so we just got to see how they're doing. Bustle will be out. Bustle is uh, Bustle's shoulder has been uh, is beyond repair. You know what I mean? So he's uh, he's having surgery. What's today? Wednesday. He has surgery tomorrow. So he will be he will be out for the remainder. Uh, we got to get that thing. He tried to come back. The shoulder just didn't want to agree with him. It didn't want to stay in in place. Although he. and got Dorian Jackson for this very reason, you know, and I uh, felt kind of like we had three to four starting corners going into the year. And, and that's why, that's why you recruit, you know, and Dorian's done a great job since he's been in there. Uh, I feel really confident and feel bad for bus, but he'll be. Uh, and then the other two are our game game time decisions. It was great to get Selig back. It was fun to see him out there again. He got his hand on a ball. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping AJ and, and Bryson keep they're close to turning a corner and uh and they're in shape. They know what we're doing. So hopefully we'll find out after warm-ups, you know, where they're at. Tim, you rotated Trevor Campbell in there quite a bit. Uh did he play a few snaps Saturday? It looked like he was in there quite a bit. He did. Uh Gideon jumped off sides. And not that he was doing not doing anything wrong. We just need to, you know, we need to maintain discipline in there. And and Gideon and him had a heck of a battle in the preseason, you know. And uh, when he got hurt, Campbell went in there and did really well against Michigan. So I feel like we got some flexibility there. Uh, if someone's struggling, if someone's banged up a little bit, uh, having have an extra old lineman to to rotate through there is huge. So uh, you'll Campbell's always going to be ready. He's always going to – I don't know if he'll start this week. I mean, Gideon's probably still going to start. Um, but, you know, those are the two – yeah, those are the only two new guys we have, you know. So they're kind of going through their normal growing pains. Uh, and, uh, and and Gideon's going to be a great player. He's just got to calm down and keep playing. And uh, and same way with Campbell. So it's 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 good that we have a guy to put in if a guy's struggling. And, uh, and then we kind of started rotating. They both played, I thought, fairly well, minus the penalty by Gideon jumping offside. The, um, you know, make a career plan on Sundays. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's, there's going to be some, 
for, for them, talent-wise, no question. I mean, those guys are – they're competitors. Uh, I always tell Ali, he's got to keep his weight up, you know. Uh, it's hard for him. If he can – if when he's in the two high 240s, 250s, he's, he's a load. Uh, as the season goes on, he's done a great job with his weight, keeping it up. And, and then Ralph Holley's 287 pounds, and he can run, you know. Uh, the other guy was Fisk. Fisk for a 290, 295-pound kid, he played about as good of a game as I've seen. I mean, they were – they were everywhere in the backfield. I mean, we knew that we had a stud quarterback uh, that could get rid of the ball, and we had to put pressure on him. You know, we had we we kind of told you guys morning we had to get in his face, uh, and if can we get in his face? That's the question. You know, if we can get there, then uh, you know, then great. If we can't, we have to drop and play coverage. You know, and we were able to get there, and they lived in the backfield. And I thought Corbin Moment did a good job blocking. Uh, I thought our whole D line in general. Uh, I know I went in there and played. I, I thought they kept a lot of pressure on in the pocket and there wasn't a lot of places to go. And, uh, and then, trust me, playing quarterback in that scenario is very difficult, you know, and, and we're going to need, uh, we got an experienced offensive line again this week. And, um, and so we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a lot more of that uh, coming, coming uh, or going to Buffalo. Coach um, seems like all of, your skilled skilled uh, position players are getting lots of touches. There's, you know, uh, uh, all the running backs were spreading the ball around, and the receivers. Corey Crooms has really emerged, um, and of course Skyler is Skyler. Can you talk about all the different weapons you have and the fact that the, your the balance and the way Caleb's making decisions to get the ball spread around yeah i mean that's that's kind of the key of what we want to be you know uh it's been fun to watch jackson kincaid get healthy again because he he's kind of the third amigo in there because uh you know ladarius and sean have been doing such a good job and now we have a third it's a long season we're gonna need i hope all three make it but uh having two where it's definitely a luxury uh and then so you got definitely guys that can catch out of the backfield. We got an empty with two two running backs in the game last week. Um, and then you got obviously Sky, who's an all-around player. He's he's physical, he runs well, catches the ball. Crooms is doing a great job in the side. Jalen can fly out there to the field, ran an unbelievable double move on that post corner for a touchdown on the uh one of the early drives of the game. So um they all do different things well, and you know, and and then and Bryce Nunley is another guy who came, you know, from the one double A level, who's had a couple of good games, Michigan, he had a really good game. So, uh, and then the young guys are trying to push. So, you know, the key is we, we, we preach, you know, def our offensively that we're going to take what the defense gives us. And uh, depending on coverage and depending on the week, you know, we have, uh, we have the ability to have anybody have a big game at any time. Now on the, I say that, and, and the one thing I'm most impressed with with this receiving core is that they all can play every position, and that's pretty unique. I've never really had that where I've had four receivers that can play any one of the three or four spots. And so if it is a game where the slot receiver is going to have a lot of touches, then we can move things around so that so we can put Sky in the slot a little bit. We did that against uh, Pitt. You know, I know Crooms lived in the slot, but we – we started messing around and putting a uh, sky in the slot just to get him get him going a little bit. So uh, kudos to those guys for learning our system 
Um, you always have one guy that's like the Rubik's cube, uh, you know, but we have, we have four. And then, so we really do have the ability to move guys around. And as the year goes on, that will help us a lot as we, as we find good matchups because, because these guys can easily move from position to position and be able to execute. So that's huge for us. Another thing your defense did, uh, did well Saturday was uh, hold San Jose State to two of 13 on third downs. Uh, opponents currently around 25% on the year on third downs. What have you liked about uh, how your defense has been able to get off the field? Yeah, they've done a great job, and they're doing a great job with a mix of things. You know, obviously everyone likes to see the pressures because they're cool looking and, and you know, put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and, and we're in man coverage behind that normally. Uh, and then we played some coverage. You know, and Coach Espo has done a great job of mixing it up. Uh, our D-line has done a great job of trusting their paths and not getting selfish. It's the hardest thing is to not try to, to, to bubble around a, a, a defender and create a create an escape lane for a quarterback, you know. And and so they've all trusted trusted the coaching. And obviously we have a bunch of really good players, and they're listening to the coaching, and they're all getting to the quarterback. There's a couple times again where they all got to the quarterback. I didn't know who got the sack because it was just a pile of people. And, uh, but there was nowhere for the quarterback to escape. So, uh, the one thing about third down that everyone needs to understand that we preach all the time is you earn third downs. So, uh, you have to have a good first and second down, you know, they're doing a great job on first and second down, which is, which is earning them some great third and long opportunities for them to pin their ears back and go. And we talk about it on the opposite side. If we do good on first and second down, we're dealing with third and twos, not third and twelves, you know, uh, so I think they've done a good job in first and second down of giving themselves the opportunity uh, to, to be fun to watch on third down. And, uh, and they've taken some. Emergency tackles on, on some coverage plays is the last guy available. Um, how do you keep working on, on shoring up those issues on special teams? Yeah, I mean, a lot of our guys that are playing are young and, and, and they just need to learn and they need time out there, you know. And uh, unfortunately, on that first pro, I mean, we had a guy block out instead of down and he's never done it before. He blocked out. We let a guy clean uh, on a first pass uh, PAT field goal. So we got that fixed and it wasn't an issue the rest of the game, but uh, that was just a, a misassignment by one player. Uh, and it was good to see him corrected on the next one, you know. And so that was big, big growth by him. And then obviously Nick's playing great. Nick's playing at a really high level and we need to continue to get our, our coverage teams to do a better job. They've done a pretty good job up to this point, uh, you know, but we need, we're continuing to bring it, bring along young guys and figure out who are the next players. Who's the future. I mean, that's where, you know, Giovanni Ricci and Ryan Selig and AJ Thomas, like they were all special team studs, you know, and that's how it all started. And so we've got a lot of young guys out there, and that's great that we have four non-conference games early as we throw them all out there and figure out which guys are ready. To, and I think we got some guys that are emerging. Um, and then we do we, – we play a lot of veterans, you know, and we got to continue to play more uh, veterans on our special teams. But those first four games is a great opportunity for us to throw the young guys out there and figure out which ones are ready because every single rep they take takes a rep off a starter – and uh, I think we're in a pretty good place. I don't. I didn't like that one return. I didn't like the return against Michigan. Um, and so, and so we've we've licked our wounds. We figured out who can play and who can do what. And now, now we get conference play. We got to have it fixed by then.
getting back to, you know, you, do you feel that the team is where you expected them to be or hope that they would be after those four non-conference games? Is the team progressing at, at the rate that you would hope? Yeah, it is. To be honest with you, I think, uh, you know, obviously I, I spent uh, eight months, eight months, January through the end of August with the defense, you know, coaching the defense. And I, I felt, I feel like we've improved. I like me and coach Espo spent a lot of time just figuring out where we can, where we can put players and, 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 um, and challenge offenses a little bit more. And, uh, and I think, I think I've seen a lot of improvement on that side, although we've only played a, a third of a season. So we got a long way to go. And now we're going to play the teams in our league that are, they know us. You know, so you, there's a lot of familiarity here in the next eight games. So you can take anything they did against anyone else and throw it out the window. Uh, but I like where we're at defensively. I like some of the new things we put in in the offseason that have been working, uh, giving us some flexibility. Um, offensively, we've been, you know, I thought we, we've been okay, not as good as I want to be. Um, you know, I kind of made that transition back over there about two weeks ago, uh, then got COVID and, and I'm in the basement. So uh, I can't wait to, to kind of dive back in over there. They're still running the same system that I put in, uh, but I'm looking forward to being more hands-on with that side of the ball and, and, and watch us continually grow. Because I do think we have to get better. We need to execute better on that side of the ball. We've been good, but not as good as we need to be. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm excited for the growth uh, on that side of the ball that, that we still have to show here in the next eight weeks. Uh, is there any update on the status of uh, Brett Borski, who we've yet to see this year? Yeah, that's a good point. He he practiced this week. You know, he he we we gave it a we decided to let it calm down for two weeks, and he got back. I don't think he's going to play this week. I mean, he has been moving around. I have not put him in there to get many reps. He's played so much; it's not like he needs a ton of reps to know our plays. Uh, but you know, we 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 want we wanted to. We tried to hurry him back, and uh, it wasn't really agreeing with us. We gave him two weeks break. Um, you know, our, our goal is that uh, when he comes back, he's ready to play. You know, Anthony Torres has been doing a great job. Uh, Jack Sherwin's been doing a great job at tight end spot. Uh, we haven't been running as much 12 as we normally do, uh, although we can. Mitch Bartol, who got hurt in the offseason, practiced for the first time this week. So our, our tight end room is starting to fill back up. There was a point there was only like one in there until we moved to tackle the tight end so we could have two. Uh, now we're at three and four. And uh, when they all come back, we, we could actually start being able to run tight end wise, be able to run our offense like we used to. Uh, the great part is we, we've gotten in some 21 personnel and it allows us to put two running backs on the field. And so there's been uh, we, we foresee that we saw that coming in the whole offseason. That's why we worked on 21 personnel all spring. And, uh, and so we'd be prepared for it. So. Uh, you know, once the once once Borsky's back and once Bartol's back, um, man, then I feel like we can really do anything we want personnel-wise, offensively. You know, but that that he is a big piece of that puzzle. It, it's caused us to be a little bit um, more simplistic here in the last couple of weeks. You know, offensively, and uh, and and we're looking forward to getting him back. I, I don't think it'll be this week, but. If he turns a corner, I'm, I'm about to have my staff meeting here in about an hour. So we'll find out how he did uh, in the pit today. He's been out there running. You know, it's just he's got to – we got to get him all the way back so he can start blocking people and running around catching balls again. 
Coach, uh, final question for me. Um, are you still on schedule to uh, re return to the team uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow morning. Can't wait. I'm going straight to Sweetwaters and bringing donuts. I'm ready. I got a. I got my leadership council meeting at 7.20 tomorrow morning. I'm in charge of the donuts. I had to get someone else to get the donuts last week. I will be, that will be my first order of business is straight to Sweetwaters, straight to the uh, leadership council meeting before our team meeting at 7.50. So uh, I cannot wait. I'm like, a, it's like, you know, it, it took a while to get healthy, but about two days ago, I was back. Like energy was back. Like I wanted to go. So it's just been like a caged animal since then. And, uh, and so I'm excited to go back and see the guys face to face. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bronco Nation podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.